My name is Craig Pickin. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. So, hey, welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. I am I'm thrilled to have Tom Lefebvre on with me. Tom is the, uh, the CEO of a, a company called Anchor Harvey. It's an aluminum forgings manufacturer based out in uh, central Illinois, uh, a little bit west of uh, Chicago. Um, privately held company with 180 employees, and they do, a, you know, they do work for a variety of industries, including aerospace, automotive. Uh, we, we, we talked about a couple of other uh, companies on the peri- uh, industries on the periphery. And I'm thrilled to have Tom with us because he had to pivot to COVID, and it's a great story. So, Tom, I'm just going to introduce you and say, hey, look, tell us, tell us what you're doing out there in central Illinois and why there's a big smile on your face right now. All right, Craig. Th- thank you very much. I've been looking forward to uh, doing this podcast with you. I think like uh, many businesses, COVID threw all of us a curveball. And I remember the middle of March having word come down that you know, businesses were going to be closed down. Um, and we were a little bit concerned about that. So what Anchor Harvey did, first off, we made sure our employees were safe. Uh, Anchor Harvey is extremely clean. We have clean crews on three shifts. We hire three employees. All they do is clean. Uh, there's times I walk in the morning, my sinuses burn because it's so clean. Uh, we put up cubicle dividers. We take temperatures when, when employees come in. So we felt keep the employees safe first. And that's what we did. Second thing we did is we started calling our customer base to see what was going on with them. Because as you know, auto closed down for, it was a couple of months. There's a major motorcycle company here in the country. They closed down for a couple of months. But as we went through that process, we also called people that might need life critical forgings. Example of um, valve bodies that would go in the back of breathing tanks for firefighters or scuba divers, uh, first responder equipment, police department equipment. We called customers we even used to have. And so we started stabilizing our business and that got us at least through the first several weeks. And as we started to move forward, COVID took us through kind of a different path as we went. The first one we came across was when there was problems with meat packaging companies. They were concerned about contamination. Yeah, sure. And oh my gosh, the food supply is going to be disrupted. We do a fair amount in the hunting industry, and uh, that lit up like there's no tomorrow. We make parts for compound bows, scopes uh, for bows. It got so busy with that part of our business. uh, We were really filling up quick. The end of the story is we're working seven days a week on three shifts. The last part we have been seeing, though, is more nearshoring of parts that we know were over in Asia. And those have some front suspension parts, uh, fan blades, uh, uh, tools. We know they were in the Asian rim because some of the work we used to do 15 years ago, and it has come back on shore. 
So <clears throat> through our marketing campaign, we just aggressively went after folks and we found the work and we're still out there aggressive, getting even more work. So uh, yeah, we pivoted the uh, business. Some of our top five customers are gone now. They are just, you know, they have not come back that strong. Uh, so our book of business shuffled quite a bit. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, it, it was uh, the one thing COVID did, and I was talking to one fellow, and we actually was on a podcast too. You know, the one thing COVID did is that it's a really good time to communicate with your customers. It's even true. if you're just, even, you know, there's nothing wrong with over-communicating with your customers. And I think about, you know, you know, a lot of times it's, hey, we're just catching up. Are you guys okay? How can we help you? You know, whatever else. But a lot of people, you know, put their head in the sand. It's like, oh, my God, you know, what do we do? What do we do now? And they shut, they just, they isolated themselves. Right, right. And uh, tell you what, they, they want to hear, they want to hear from you. Yeah. Are, are you going to be able to supply us? What's going on? What's been your COVID response? What's worked? What hasn't worked? They just love to hear from you. And along your, the lines of what you're talking about, what Anchor Harvey's experienced We've had two customer visits the entire year. They don't want to really come see us. They don't want to get on a plane. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with prospects. So vice versa, you know, our sales manager, sales engineers, they haven't been out in the field. And prospects, they're not doing that. So our web page and the electronic media has become so critical to us mm -hmm. to land new work and to communicate to our customer base and prospect base so uh, we've been very fortunate because we've tuned those up in the fourth quarter of last year by chance. And we yeah. continue to update the webpage every other week. So what are you doing? So what are you doing on the webpage? You, you, you told me the other day, you told me the other day kind of what you're doing. What, yeah, tell me what you want. Yeah, tell, but yeah, and how's it working for you? I mean, I, you know, it's, uh... it's, it's working. It's working great. Uh, we have a very attractive webpage. We will rotate in and out different industries we'll be targeting. So let's say we're going to target the medical industry. Uh, we will put up some of the product that we have made over the years. We will do mass emails that we have quoted over the years and also the LinkedIn database for maybe product engineers and medical. And boom, out go the emails. The web page been changed. The next day, we, we have a software called Lead Feeder. You turn a computer on, Lead Feeder tells you, who hits your web page the day before? So we can tell when different companies, the names of the people, and most of the time their email addresses that they checked us out. We take that, we send them over a brief presentation, and we send follow-up emails. And uh, sure enough, just a matter of time, they'll send us in something to quote at least. Yeah, I mean, if not, if nothing else, I mean, it's like, hey, look, Anchor Harvey's open for business. It's me, you know, we're, you know, mass, you know, you're, you're putting it out there. We're open for business. Um, exactly. And, and Craig, you know, you know what, what is happening? A lot of, a lot of folks are at home. Yeah. So the open rate on emails for us is three times as high as it was before. Also, the click rate then to the web page has more than doubled. So people are at home. They're reading their emails like never before. So it's a great time to be pushing the marketing button. No doubt. Yeah. Hey, look, you know, it's times of crisis. You got to, you know, a lot of people, they, they pull it all in during times of crisis. You're going, hey, look, this is the one time you probably have to, you know, if you're going to cut something, cut something else, you know, yeah. but, but, you know, once again, you know, we're, we're open for business. And I think that's a lot of, 
I think that's a lot of misnomers people have right now is they go, you know, it's a false, it's sort of a false sense of your know, thought process. Mm-hmm. It's COVID, everybody's closed down. So I'm going to sit down and do nothing. And it's a very bad, you know, I was reading something, I think it was Wall Street Journal or somewhere. They said, you know, you know people are working. You know, yes, yeah. why aren't you? And uh, mm-hmm. how'd your employees? So how did your employees? Yeah, you got 180 employees there. Yeah, I don't know how. You know, it's how freaked out they are, how much, you know, how irreverent they are. What do they, what do they think during this whole process? Yeah. Um, uh, we, we have a, a great culture at uh, Anchor Harvey. Uh, if you check out the Anchor Harvey Facebook, you'll, you'll see what uh, I'm talking about. And just for the record, I wasn't a guy wearing a sumo suit during the wrestling we had in our front yard. But uh, uh, our employees, they did freak out on Friday, March 13th. Uh, the governor of Illinois was announcing businesses were being shut down. We were already in a meeting talking about what we're going to do, you know, because a lot of them, their spouses were being laid off, yeah. bars, restaurants closing. So they're, are, are you guys closing? Are we closing? So on the next following Monday, we got everyone together. We had meetings around the clock. No, we're not closing. And matter of fact, uh, we are busy. We see some storm clouds on the horizon. Let's be cautious. First, Week of every April, our employees get pay increases. So in, in middle of March, we said we're going to hold off on those pay increases. We need to understand where the business is headed. The end of the story is in the middle of May, when our backlog was at record highs and we were going to be busy, we gave them pay increases along with bonus checks. And we were off to the races with our employees. Then what we did is every week, we made sure we fed them at least once on all three shifts. So, you know, the, the reaching out and saying, hey, we appreciate you for all these hours and we're all here, we got jobs, survive and, and survive through the uh, ep- epidemic. It just, uh, we've been very fortunate. That's awesome. No, I'm, I'm it, glad to hear. So you're, yeah, so you're out a little bit south of Rockford, correct? Uh, west of Rockford. About west of Rockford. So you're out, you know, you're a good two hours at least away from Chicago. Um, you know, Rockford has got, you've got uh, Woodward Governor Arthur Woodward out there. You've got yep. some uh, UTC or Raytheon Aerospace now. Yeah. Yeah. How is, how is it, uh, you know, it's not an easy place to recruit to. Um, it's a little bit, how, how are you recruiting people? What are you, what are you doing to recruit people? Oh, well, what's difficult for Anchor Harvey to recruit is normally the hourly folks. Uh, The salaried folks, we will recruit from around the country. And uh, we did bring in a a gentleman from Pennsylvania from a Ford shop that closed down. He's our materials manager. So uh, Freeport being 45 minutes west of Rockford, Freeport has a population of about 22,000. We have reputation in town as being the best employer to work for. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the company that does hams and turkeys yet over the holidays. We shut down the plant to play games. Uh, we give out TVs, uh, 55-inch TVs for prizes. Uh, we do a lot of different things that our workforce really appreciates. Uh, we do surveys with them. You got to be careful with surveys. I don't want to build any false expectations that, you know, everyone's going to get a $20 an hour pay increase. We're asking them more about how they're feeling about the work environment. Do they like working here? And those numbers come back 95, 98%. They were further friends. But 
one of the things we, we started to do, and it's working out pretty well, we have those yard signs, the garage sale signs. Mm-hmm. We had them tailor-made for Anchor Harvey. You know, awesome people should work at an awesome company, Anchor Harvey. And those are smattered throughout Freeport. And uh, we've got people coming in all the time filling out applications. So, uh, yeah, we're a little aggressive. And uh, we're hiring 15 more. So, uh it's gone pretty well. What, what's the tenure? What's the average tenure of your employee? Do you think? Uh, nine years. No kidding. Yeah. Yep. So they, so they come in, and 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 they stick around. Obviously, yeah, but, what drives your culture? Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. you're 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 a positive guy. I mean, so uh, yeah, so I, I it starts at the top, but yeah, you we, know, we we did our our mission statement. We did our values. It's, it was their information. They were part of that. Uh, I sat back and I let the plant manager and HR manager kind of steer it. And we took their input, uh, especially some of them in 20 years. You know, they wanted to give input to that, uh, which is very typical at Anchor Harvey. We bring in a new press. We're using our employees to tell us where to put it, how to position it. Uh, we make them feel part of the team. And we, we have fun here. One of our, one of our values is we're going to work hard. And we're going to play hard. You know, there, there's times we have a big, big grill. We bring that thing up. We have big cookouts for everybody. Uh, we challenge them. Hey, if we hit this efficiency for the week, this is what's going to happen. We're cooking out brats or whatever. And we, we do something like that all the time. Anchor VR, T-shirts. It's just the, the, the things you should do for your employees. Costs a little bit of money, but, you know, it's, there's a payback to it. Um, you know, like literally, yeah, and 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 there's the you know there's the thing, you know, people, you know, how much you know, you know, you, how much money, you know, you're going, all right, well, if it costs me a hundred grand, it probably pays you back a million mm-hmm. in right. lower recruiting costs or you know, yep. tenure or, or whatever else. You know, and that's where a lot of people have that, you know. Craig, I, I got to tell you something that we uh, do differently on attendance than everybody else. You have perfect attendance for a year. You earn yourself $1,000 extra in pay. And once once was 50% perfect attendance, drifted up to 75, 78%. So now it, you're not surprised as often that, oh, I can't run a press line today because the press operator didn't show up. So it, it you know, that 25% extra makes a world of difference. And $1,000 a year, it doesn't matter. They'll run a press for a couple of days. That's yeah. an awful lot of money. Now, do you, does that, you know, hey, look, on the flip side, too, you don't want people coming in sick either and getting everybody else sick. So how do you, <laughs> you know, well, that, sick, that sick day is going to cost me a grand. You know, that's, uh, how do you, Well, <laughs> there's, a, there's uh, a balance there. There sure is. And sometimes we do have folks that, that show up and they shouldn't be here. We send them home and we won't ding them on the money. So it's like, you, you need to get out of here. Yeah, okay. and uh, that's the type of rapport we have with them. We most time when we lose employees, it's attendance related. We're very strict on that, but there's also a time that when we kind of snide off that a little bit. And uh, what, anyway, how are you recruiting? I mean, when you when you talk about you know you talk about skilled labor, I, I take it that you've got to have you know for your machines things like that. What what do you find in the hardest? skills to recruit right now. I know CNC is uh, CNC programmers very much in high demand. Um, you, you almost have to sell your mother to get one anymore. Right. Um, 
Uh, good maintenance people are the same way. Uh, a lot of gray hair in both of those departments. In the maintenance department, we have started training our own folks now. Uh, we got a couple of young bucks in there and uh, they're doing a great job working with the senior folks. We were sending them to a junior college here in uh, Freeport to gain some additional education. And of course, that's kind of gone online. And so we take a pause there. The CNC folks, they're hard to find. They're hard to find. So we find ourselves paying a little bit more than the competition to get the good ones. Gotcha. Now, you, you, now you've been the CEO there for how long? Se- uh, a little more than 17 years. And before that? I was president of another uh, Ford shop in the Chicagoland area. Do you find that, you know, you're obviously a smaller company, big, you know, you know you've got a couple of big companies that are, you know, I'm sure some employees are migrating over. Do they... Do they, they find that big company, small company uh, shift difficult to make a little bit? Uh, on the salaried folks, they do. Yeah. Uh, because in, in smaller companies, uh, you are a, a junkyard dog. Yeah. You got to know a little bit about everything to, to really survive in a small culture. So uh, I have a plant manager now, and uh, he's a quick study. He came from a big company. But I see him over the last couple of years. He's changed and he's learned. And uh, he's wearing more hats now, like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, that's the big thing that yeah, that's the big thing that a lot of people talk about. It's hey, that that big company that that you know, a lot of small companies are like, hey, look, we need we need somebody who can adapt to small, right. small company. How do you how do you get people? How do you get the salary people to make that mental shift, or do you just throw them in the deep end and say, you know, here you go? With with the uh, plant manager. Uh, that we hired, um, we spent hours interviewing them. I think I, I claim came in about seven to eight hours of interview time. Uh, I really wanted to understand him philosophically of, of how he feels employees should be treated, what his knowledge base was. But one of the things we did talk about was big to small, what he thought a small business would be like, uh, because most of my career is in a small businesses. And so we thoroughly talked through that, the pros and cons, where his knowledge level was at, did he spend most of his career in a silo? And so I know not to expect him to be able to, you know, he, he runs uh, a plant, but not know anything about human resources or purchasing. So I understand his knowledge level. And when he came on board, you know, I made sure we had extra help in certain areas until he got acclimated. But you, you better know what they, you need to know what you don't know sometimes. That's kind of hard. And uh, we found out what were his weaknesses were at. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not picking on any company here, but I talked to you know, folks at Honeywell and Pratt and Whitney and United Technologies, and they talk these these 10,000 foot conceptual you know, value stream, and and you know yeah. it's like it's like blue sky stuff, and you're going what? Yeah, somebody's got to take out the trash. I mean, it, and 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 if it's in your office, it's it's you, you know, and and. Uh, yeah. That's a big, that's a big mental, that's a big mental shift to, for some people. Yeah. The, it, to, it, and it is, it is. You know, to go yeah. from the corner office to maybe a cubicle. Yeah. Um, a little different. But on the flip side, you know, it's the challenges of a small company. I think, yeah, there's no, there's no difference. And, yeah, and you know, there's no difference. You know, the challenges in running a small company um, are not small. It's, it's yeah. there's, there's, 
You do. You do with the big companies too. So, you know, you interface with that type of culture. I hope you enjoyed Absolutely. the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.